Hello, everybody. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic host of Bachelor Nation News on this hump day, Wednesday, August 16th, 2023. Let's jump into it. It's Bachelor Rush Hour. All right. Vanderpump is back, baby. Raquel Levis, uh, legal name Rachel Levis, was on Bethany Frankel's podcast, Making Waves, for the first time post-recap sharing her thoughts. Uh, following her cheating scandal that has rocked not just her life, but the lives of many others. I'm going to share several clips from that podcast. Plus, we've got a Bachelor featured story, which is Nick Vial responding in full to what Charity had to say, her criticisms of him. You could put it lightly. We shared a, a clip of that yesterday, but we're going to share the full story today. And not just what Nick says he says, but we're going to play what he said that caused her to say, you know, pretty much called him a misogynist. Uh, we'll have that full story. And I say pretty much because she said, uh, I'm not getting, you know, I'm not going to uh, have to listen to it from these misogynistic men. We are implied, we're, we are pretty much uh, guaranteed she was talking about Nick, right? She didn't call him by name. So give it the benefit of the doubt if you want, but uh, we can piece it all together. And in Bachelor news that we did not know we would have, the Mentel All created a weird story when Night One reject Pilot Pete. That's right. His name's Pilot Pete.fly on Instagram. He's also named Peter. He's also a pilot. He actually took to Instagram thanking fans after it was exposed by Jesse Palmer that there was a coalition, a conspiracy of sorts, of men that got together and wrote FP on their bio, on their uh, Instagram photos of their cast photos. Like, their one moment to have a cast photo, they all wrote FP, which stood for Fuck Pete. That's what it stood for. He didn't know it at the time, but it, when it was brought to his attention, he was bummed out. They talked about it on the show, and some some of the guys said, well, if, if Braden didn't tell you, no one would have known. I mean, it was real petty, and they all should apologize because it was uh, atrocious behavior. And we got down to the bottom of it. No one really knows why they hated Peter so much other than he rubbed people the wrong way on a Zoom call. How much can a Zoom call rub somebody the wrong way? Was his Wi-Fi bad? Did, you know, who knows? Either way, he posted this yesterday. A huge thank you to everyone who sent me positive and encouraging messages before, during, and after last night's Mentel All. I really do appreciate the kindness and support. Nothing but love for all. Be kind. LP, which of course I think we can imagine means love Pete. Pilot Rachel Recchia wrote LP, 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 and then, and then a heart. And others said, is there love in the air? Uh, puns intended. Uh, cue all of the mile-high jokes. But if Peter wants a relationship to take flight with Rachel Recchia, we've got a runway for you. All right, folks, there's your Peter update. And um, look, we're going to get to uh, a story on the SAG actor strike, and then we'll get to Vanderpump Rules. But first, a quick word from our sponsor today. We've got uh, Microdose Gummies uh, sponsoring the Bachelor Rush Hour podcast, an incredible entry-level dose of THC that helps you feel just the right amount of good. Microdosing helps curb my anxiety and keeps my creative mind feeling relaxed all day long. You know the schedule, content in the morning, stand up at night. The last thing I need is a poor night of sleep. Doesn't happen on my watch. You're not going to find that. Microdosing is available nationwide. And to learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com. Use code Rush Hour to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description. Again, microdose.com, code Rush Hour. Yeah, a lot of things, uh, you know, when it comes to microdosing. I know when I first started, you know, having an edible, it used to be 
your friends would make a batch of brownies, which I think the THC came through like the butter. So if you didn't spread it out on the pan evenly, all of a sudden a simple bite turns into an awful night. <laughs> I just made that rhyme up. But not with microdosing. With microdosing, you know what you're going to get. They're three milligrams, which is essentially enough to knock you out for a flight. For some people, they need 50 milligrams. But for most people, I think five milligrams is a good level. So by making them at three milligrams, you can kind of have one or even half of one, see how you feel and then move forward. So we're happy to have them with us this week. Now, we've got this story from actor, uh, The Hollywood Reporter. The strike impact hits the earnings as executives size up their war chests. Uh, as you guys know, the Writers Guild and Screen Actors Guild are both on strike. Hollywood discloses quarterly reports for the first time since the dual work stoppage began. The financial hits are coming into focus while companies game out timetables for a deal. And we're being told that there really isn't much going on in the form of a deal. Lionsgate CFO James Barge said the studio expects a revenue hit of $30 million for the upcoming quarter, primarily in its three arts, entertainment, talent, and television business. Management reiterated its operating income guidance of $400 million to $450 million for fiscal 2024, assuming the strike ends in September. So they're just assuming the strike's going to end. Now, you've got different production companies losing hundreds of millions, 50 million, all added up. Is this going to be a billion dollar strike? And when will it end? They talk about the war chest, the idea that the studios have enough content uh, for a while, so it's no big deal. And look, there are TV shows coming out there that don't involve Writers Guild and Screen Actors Guild, one of them being House of Villains on E! Entertainment. Corinne Olympios will be starring in that. They'll have all different villains. Shake from Love is Blind and Johnny Bananas and Johnny Fairplay, whatever the hell their names are. A whole bunch. Amarosa, former, uh, what was he? She wasn't press secretary. She worked in the Oval Office at the White House for Donald Trump, right? So you got a whole bunch of random villains are going to be on one place uh, and there'll be a lot of reality TV coming your way. Uh, one of reality TV star uh, will be sharing what she'll be up to watching Golden Bachelor. Here's Hannah Brown uh, on Access Hollywood. The Golden Bachelor. I'm I'm so excited. Me about too. This. Golden he's, Mario, Bachelor. he's so cute. That, he, he's, he's so cute. And look at him. Good for him. <laughs> he's, for, he's 70 years old. 70, 70 years old. Hey, you're not dead. <laughs> 70 still, you know. Isn't he cute? I think he's 72, actually. He's so cute. And I think it's really cool. I mean, I know I've grown so much since I was on that show. I was 24 when I became The Bachelorette. And I think it's going to be really cool to see somebody who's had so much uh, wisdom. <laughs> Life experience. <laughs> will Gary will Gary the Golden Bachelor have a windmill during his fantasy suite? Those are the big questions. We have a second sponsor today, Green Chef. Uh, today's episode is sponsored by Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well with dinners that work for you. Bring more flavor to your table this fall with Green Chef's wholesome elevated recipes featuring seasonal organic produce and unique farm fresh ingredients. They have different options like keto, vegan, vegetarian, fit and fun. And I got fast and fit, excuse me, and Mediterranean. I have have to tell you, and again, I, I know you shouldn't be measuring your progress based on the scale because, you know, sometimes you put on muscle, you don't lose weight and you look better and you feel better. But I'm telling you, I'm doing keto and I've lost five pounds. 
I've lost five pounds um, in the last couple of weeks just by flushing out all of the food I don't need to be eating. You know, every once in a while, I'll get stuck on a bender where I'm having burgers and the buns. And you go, well, if I'm going to have the bun, I might as well do dessert. And I just, I, I normalize this negotiation with myself over what I can and can't have. And we just don't have to do that, especially when you can kind of pre-plan your food. Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh. And with a wider array of meal plans to choose from, there's something for everyone. So you can switch between the brands, and now my listeners can too with a discount code that we have here, greenchef.com slash rushhour50. Use code rushhour50 to get 50% off plus free shipping. Let's jump straight into this story here that's shocking Vanderpump Rules community. Rachel Rachel Levis, a.k.a. Raquel, Rachel, call her Rachel, it's a combination of both, scorned over 350,000. She said she was scored, okay, Hold on, let's repeat that. Rachel Levis scored over $350,000 for Vanderpump Rules, despite Bethany Frankel claiming she made intern money. Rachel Levis made a killing on last season of Vanderpump, TMZ has learned, which makes Bethany Frankel's claim that Rachel made less than her intern a bunch of BS. So sources familiar with the situation tell TMZ Rachel made $350 for season 10 of the show, nearly $20K an episode for a total of 19 episodes. Certainly not chump change. Again, we don't know who these sources are. I'd like to see some proof on what they're getting paid because part of the beef that um, Bethany Frankel has is that reality stars are getting abused and not making good money for the torture that they endure. Well, here's what she had to say on the podcast with Bethany Frankel. This is Raquel Levis explaining for the first time in a tell-all interview what it was like following the cheating scandal that rocked the world. Part of the reason why I wanted to take some time away is just because it was so chaotic and loud and there was such vitriol online. But then the other part of the reason why I wanted to go to a treatment facility was to understand my behaviors. And my goal was to really get down to the bottom of, okay, why am I choosing men that are unavailable why do I keep finding myself in unhealthy relationships? What are the things that I need to change about my behavior? And in knowing that I needed to make a change, I first had to know what it was that leads to those behaviors. So I do want to take a moment to um, just acknowledge the hurt that I brought to a lot of people. I was not careful in my actions and I was not thinking long-term. I was completely wrapped up in heartbreak and wanting to get certain needs met. Um, Looking back now, I can see that I was still healing from a relationship from somebody who I thought I was going to marry. And in ending that, I still haven't healed yet. Um, so when I was filming, I was drinking a lot to ease that anxiety and in a reality TV environment, I wasn't getting that safe space for me to express my emotions. 
And so a lot of people will think of this as excuses, but I, I, I personally don't operate that way. I hear remorse, and I, but again, and others will say, oh, well, she was making all these excuses. She still doesn't know what she did that was wrong and all that. I, I just lean on the side of talk it out until you really can learn where what your opinions are in the matter because if you don't talk it out out loud and, and get cross-examined by pod and I don't I don't know if Bethany Frankel did any cross-examining here but um, clearly Ra- Rachel knows she cheated she knows what she did was wrong and yet she's also received what I consider the brunt of a wrecking ball that went way past its target like how far do you have to flog somebody how much do you have to stone somebody excommunicate somebody uh, before it's too much. That's the question we ask as we watch it. And I watched this show live in New York City. I watched the reunion and the audiences were giddy. You could almost feel this gladiator audience ready for blood. When was it enough? Was it the second part or third part? How many hours did we need of the of everyone calling her the worst names? Yes, she is a cheater. Yes, she cheat. Well, technically she was single, but she uh, double crossed her good friend Ariana and, 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 you know, and all that jazz. But at what point do we like, uh, I don't know, uh, move on from this? Because it seems actually what what our attention should be focused on is the worst villain here might be Tom Sandoval. We're FaceTiming Tom. You're in New York and Tom is in L.A. and you're masturbating and he's recording you and you don't know that you're being recorded. Correct. So there it is. I mean, and look, I mean, some heavy stuff. Uh, Raquel, Rachel, claims that Tom's relationship with Ariana was more just for business. Apparently, Tom and Ariana still share the same house together. Like, uh, I'm surprised he hasn't gotten an apartment. I mean, maybe they don't make enough money. They got to split the mortgage. Are they covering who's got the gas bill versus the water? Is he taking the trash out? So many questions left unanswered, not to make light of this heavy situation. But obviously, Tom and Rachel did the wrong thing here. And I'm all for hearing what Rachel has to say. I know that can piss a lot of people off, but I'm all for hearing it. Even if she is the bad person, I like hearing their reasoning. I don't take that as an excuse, but I like to hear about it. If she does have a drug and alcohol problem, and if she, you know, let's talk about it. It doesn't make cheating right. just means we're going to talk about it. All right. Well, we are going to get to our featured story of the day, which of course is Nick Vial and Charity. And we're going to have that right after a quick word from our sponsors. Okay, so if you're not following the Nick Vial beef with Charity Lawson, he just gives his opinion on topics and it can piss people off. Here's what Charity had to say after an interview she did right after the mental all. Doesn't involve Nick at all, but I'm going to roll this interview right into the conversation with Nick. Have a listen. Was there anybody that you sat with tonight that you were like, "Ooh, maybe I didn't make the right decision. Maybe there's some feelings left." No. No. There, no, I'm sorry. No, you know, um, no, it's good to see everyone. Everyone seems to be doing good, um, taking care of themselves. They look great, but um, no, Charity Lawson is very happy. So, oh, oh, Charity Lawson, very happy. She is, she's very happy. You'll find out how happy, scale of one to ten. Um, it's off the scales. Oh, you heard it here first. It's off the scales. It is. Okay, so does that mean that we are engaged? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. If it's off the scale. I mean, you could be happy. You never know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just finding happiness however however that looks. But you'll find out soon. Was there anybody... So there she is. She says, Charity Lawson's happy. Whenever you speak in the third person, you mean business. Dave Neal will tell you... 
Dave Neal will tell you, you mean business when you speak in the third person. So anyway, we've got these clips we're going to share right here. But first, let's go to what Nick had to say regarding addressing that Charity has a gripe with him. Have a listen. He like, likes our your our commentary so to speak oh really well in the sense that like i think she hasn't always played the role of therapist right i think she's been at times quote-unquote messy yeah like you know it was messy for her to give brayden the first yeah. impression rose yeah. when her brother was like literally like uh, he's not your guy i i disagree that that's messy but this we always have this right where nick will call someone an f-boy and i'll we'll disagree technically so was charity messy that she was following her heart i don't think so it's not like brayden was a, a true a-hole he was just giddy and youthful like you know what i mean so uh, not messy in my book that's to me charity leading with authenticity and her yeah. heart and yeah. kind of saying, this is my journey. I'm going to like dive in and into my feelings. Yeah. And then I'll think about my choices after the fact, and maybe I'll get through these, you know, the Xavier. So this is Nick justifying calling her messy, which is funny. He's like, all right, well, it's time to get an interview with charity. We're going to have to reach out to her. Charity's messy, but that's the authentic thing to be. I mean, it's authentic to be messy. I'm Nick Fiel and I'll tell you. So, uh, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's a, listen guys, Content creating, it's a tough racket. You have to, on one hand, be truthful and share your opinion. And then on the other, try not to piss people off because he's got to get clicks for his podcast. And then he's also got to try to get charity on his podcast. There's people like Rachel Recchia he's burned bridges with. He's got other beefs. I mean, there's a lot of battles. T to be honest, it's no surprise that the one of the number one or one of the top podcasts, which is Nick's, also has some of the most enemies. What does that tell you about society, right? If it bleeds, it leads. Type of like storyline. But like at times she was willing to be messy and kind of go after guys that she was drawn to, which yeah. maybe Charity the therapist would have stepped in. Hey, Charity, you know, kind of talking to herself. You know, this might not <laughs> hey, look Charity. good, you know, and you might get heat for this, but I think she was authentic yeah. and opened herself up for any type of criticism. Yeah, um, I would have crumbled. Which I really enjoyed. So Nick then, you know, shines this shit into a, uh, uh, you know, it's it's it because it's obviously revisionary history. Like, sure, he did, quote unquote, call her messy, but he also did a lot of other things uh, in his conversations with her. To get him to leave. And Brayden left on his own. He was like, you know what? I don't think this process is for me. He didn't wait for Charity to send him home. And I love how Charity pretended to the guys as if it was her decision yeah. <laughs> all Which, at this point it's fine charity you know he's it, the opinions are fine i don't think that's anything for charity to get mad about it's the mockery that's about to happen being so completely rattled it's like i just it's just i'm just so confident about this decision i'm like you are no you're not confident. you are just spiraling charity i would say I, and again, if I could play therapist, Dave Neal here, I think Charity might be less upset if he didn't act out what Charity was going through because maybe Charity was having a limbic system response. Maybe she was really having an anxious moment and in to call it out is fine. So, oh, it seemed like she was anxious. It seemed like she was rattled in that moment. But it's, that's where we get into the mockery, which is like, okay, I mean, she's already got all the cameras on her. She's trying her best. She's going to put, put a brave face. She's going to snap back at you on social media and all these things. But at the same time, let's give her a little credit. It's her first time in this lead role. So when Charity says, maybe it's time we stop getting dating advice from unqualified TV personalities who like bashing women for the sake of views. I will say 
she she is not wrong in the sense that Nick is bashing her right now. Whether it's for the sake of views or not, that's you know yet to be understood. And then at the 1226 mark right here, we have him calling her an F-boy magnet, which I also disagree with. I don't see Charity as an F-boy magnet. I mean, wouldn't every lead on the show be an F-boy magnet? I mean, there are going to be F-boys that are trying to date you. You're a magnet to everybody. Let's not isolate the F-boys. Maybe she's a man magnet. There go. <laughs> she's a fuckboy magnet. I mean, she seems Whoa. aware of it, too. She's like, this is an old Whoa. pattern. Uh, yeah. yeah. Nick calls her an F-boy magnet. Yikes. You heard it there. Okay, so anyway, let's go back to Nick's original, the video we're covering today. But it's important just to be like, look, okay, don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. You called her messy, sure. You also, called her, you know, you also did these other things that, like, probably in solidarity with someone who was a lead, you could probably understand she was trying her best. I don't know. Again, we're crossing our I's and dotting our T's. I get it, folks. That we're, you know, uh, it's we're, This isn't like super egregious, but we could understand why Charity would be not wanting to F with a content creator who understands the positions he's been in and is still mocking her. We can understand that. I mean, like if Nick was ever like, I, I can't believe she wouldn't do my podcast, I'd, I'd go, well... Here's the evidence why. Uh, watching. Absolutely. Yeah. I just think there's a lot of intense emotions going on there. And I just, I would not do well. So I had a lot of respect for her for like just being strong and just coping with all of that. It's not an easy position to be in. Yeah. Totally, yeah. totally not easy at all. But also like, and maybe, maybe her, her choices have led to a more boring ending because she has been able to weed out um, her bad actors sooner than later. Because it would have been better right. for the story for Xavier to go all the way to number two. And we agree with Nick here. And look, he's, it's just more of an ap apologetic tone as we get down to interview season as it is. Um, so yeah, he's saying, well, you know, she she did a good job of weeding them out. So at, on one end, she's attracting all the F-boys and now, now, she, now we can compliment her for weeding them out. Does she pick the cheater or does she pick the safer option? Right. You know, like now that Xavier's gone. I, I don't buy a Joey connection. Right. I don't see that. And if Xavier was still there, there would, would be question. this big storyline. Is Charity going to like go back to her like old habits right. of going next to someone who reminds, going back to someone who reminds her of an ex? Is she going to believe Xavier? Is she going to give him the benefit of the doubt? Or is she going to like choose a new path? And I, you know, we had that last week. Yeah. But now, like, that was, like, the last remaining storyline. Yeah. And now, like, they're throwing, like, is she going to, like, send Aaron home? Or yeah, of course we know she's going to send Aaron home. They, they left us on a cliffhanger is so that they have for nothing the promo else. Yeah. for the finale, suddenly we're back up to three. Uh, what happened to the producer that I liked? How come she's gone? And back that's up to like, three. I think it's just. But we're not. Here. No, I yeah. guarantee she sends Aaron home within the first few minutes of the episode. Yeah. yeah. But it's going to have more people intrigued than if it was just the two of them. Well, you can tell because <laughs> yeah, on, the, I mean, on all of the spoil, like the, uh, you know, don't miss next week coming up, uh, Aaron's only in the one outfit. Like he's in this navy blue suit. And I, and I was watching specifically, I was like, let's see if he's in more than one outfit, then he sticks around for more than one occasion. Yeah, no. And he was in one They're outfit. They're going to open so up like, the episode. Mm -hmm. They're going to replay the drama that they ended with two weeks ago to her remind us. Yeah. And we'll have to watch the same fucking shit for like the first five minutes. And then Charity's going to pretend to act conflicted and she's going to say a bunch of nice things. But at the end of the day, what's going to happen is she's going to sit him down and she's going to go, Aaron, again, like, I'm just so glad you showed up. And I just, I have been thinking about you and you are a great guy. And I really have been torn. However. Yes. 
All right, so look, Nick nails it. That's exactly what's going to happen here. And no harsh judgments from me on, on, on the way in which he conducts his content. He's telling you how he feels. But again, when you cast a large wake, don't get upset when people complain that you're rocking their boat, right? That's exactly what went down here. All right, another one in the books, folks. It's been a busy week. We're back to school, as far as I'm concerned, in Bachelor Nation, and we are supporting our teachers. If you haven't been a part of the teacher wish list, we've got a list of 30 or so teachers. The link can be found below in the description, or just go to linktree.com slash Dave Neal, and you'll see this uh, Google Sheets that our uh, head of philanthropy, uh, Denise, put together, and that is a place where you can click on their Amazon wish list and buy them whatever it is on their list. That on their list that they're looking to purchase for their classroom. Motivational photos, posters, colored pencils, simple learning tools for neurodiversity, you know, simple things. And there, a lot of them are very cheap, five or 10 bucks, some even cheaper than that. And uh, when you purchase the Amazon wish list, it goes directly to the teacher in need. So if those of you out there want to help out, we really appreciate it. If you want to laugh, tomorrow night, August 17th, I'm in Huntington Beach. I got a stand-up show called Dave Neal and Friends at the Rec Room. Also, the link to that is in my link tree. You can click on the link tree.com slash Dave Neal post and then go buy tickets for that. Also, August 24th, I'm in Seattle for a similar fun stand-up show. I'll be there for one night only. So lots of fun happening out there. I appreciate all of your support. Until next time, I've been Dave Neal and this was Bachelor Rush Hour. Bachelor Rush Hour.